Welcome to another Looking Up show here on this gorgeous and most delicious cloudy Wednesday <laughs> afternoon here in Wall's End, just outside of Newcastle, where we are coming to you live. That's right. And we are very much alive. We are indeed. We've got Sharissa here, the wonderful Sharissa, the one and only Sharissa, and she's joined by the one and only amazing Shell. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Joined by the one and only. <laughs> Definitely just as well as the one and only, Danny. Just as well. The world has been spared. God only makes one of every single person. Just as well. <laughs> anyway, great to have you all wherever you are joining us from on this Looking Up show. As we draw nearer to the coming of Jesus, we all are focusing on looking up. Because there is so much going on in the world telling us, Sharissa, that Jesus is about to return very soon. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait till we get to talking more about it. In oh, this yes, we are. As always, we're going to be talking about some um, current events that have been happening literally in the last week in mm-hmm. light of Bible prophecy and just some of the stuff. I mean, Sharissa, you cannot make this stuff up. Nope. It's just off the grid completely. This so we're going to be looking at this. exciting time to be alive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So if you're alive and you're listening right now, we are glad you have joined us. And if you're not alive, you shouldn't be listening to us. So anyway, we... we wa- <laughs> that was profound. <laughs> that was very profound. For those of you who would like to contact us uh, with a question or a comment, our number is 0488817624. That's 0488817624. We've got a giveaway once again, a wonderful giveaway that we'll be uh, sharing with you in a little bit. And um, today we're going to continue this incredible journey, Sharissa, into what chapter and what book of the Bible? We are in Matthew chapter 24, and uh, we took a little break from this series because yes, we, uh, we were away two weeks ago. I was away last week. You did another um, exciting program last week on, with a special guest. Mm-hmm. Pastor this week, Gregor, yep. yep. This week we're back to Matthew 24, and we are talking about the abomination of desolation. <sighs> Jesus said it was important for us to understand Absolutely. this, so it's really critical that you listen into this program. So we've looked at it from an from a from a historical point of view, and now we're going to yeah. look at it from an end time point of view. So, folk, strap on your seatbelts because Sharissa is going to take us on an amazing <laughs> journey. And as always, I'll have a few words to chip in here and there, <laughs> maybe more than a few. But anyway, so folk, um, yeah, sit back and and enjoy this uh, week's looking up show. I'm sure you'll be blessed and we'll be with you in a little bit but now we have Manuel Escorzio Lord I want to be like you wow what a way to begin our program so sit back and enjoy Lord I want to be like you he climbs in my lap for a good night hug he calls me dad and I call him bug with his faded old pillow and a pen and pool, he snuggles up close and says, I want to be like you. I tuck him in bed 
bed and I kiss him goodnight Tripping over the toys as I turn out the lights I whisper a prayer that someday you'll see He's got a father in God cause he's seen Jesus in me Lord I wanna be just like you Cause he wants to be just like me I wanna be a holy example For his innocent eyes to see Help me be a living Bible Lord That my little boy can read I wanna be just like you Cause he wants to be like me Got to admit I've got so far to go Make so many mistakes and I'm sure that you know Sometimes it seems no matter how hard I try With all the pressures in life I just can't get it all right But I'm trying so hard to learn from the best To be patient and kind, filled with your tenderness Cause I know that he learned from the things that he sees And the Jesus he finds will be the Jesus in me Lord, I wanna be just like you Cause he wants to be just like me I wanna be a holy example For his innocent eyes to see Help me be a living Bible Lord That my little boy can read I want to be just like you Cause he wants to be like me Right now from where he stands I may see mighty tall But it's only cause I'm learning from the best father of them all Lord, I wanna be just like you Cause he wants to be just like me I wanna be a holy example For his innocent eyes to see Help me be a living by the Lord be just like you cause he wants to be like me I wanna be just like you cause he wants to be like me what a magnificent voice Charissa don't you think Absolutely. Wow. Imagine I could sing like that. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> You'd be doing all the songs. <laughs> I would be. I love his singing. I haven't heard him sing for ages. So no, I, think I've got a, I think I've got one of his CDs. Yeah. Um, so beautiful singing. Yeah. We just, we, oh, just amazing. I love the music here. Emmanuel. Yes. Escorzio. Oh, you oh. say it so well. Uh, I'm sure I completely botched it up <laughs> just as well. He's probably not listening. But anyway, a yeah, beautiful song and um, 
Sharissa, tell us, you have been somewhere exciting oh, last week. Yes, we cannot skip asking. over this important detail. <laughs> thank you for asking. Justin and I, we went to a health retreat called Cedar Vale. It's down near the Kangaroo Valley, so down that area. Um, and it was, you know, past Barrel, Mittagong mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, we spent five days there, five nights. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. If you, if our listeners are listening, you think you, you're stressed, you need a reset, look into having a retreat at Cedar Vale. They do all this wonderful plant-based cooking for you. They teach you some recipes. They give you lots of recipes. They take you through a program called the CHIP program, mm-hmm. which if you've never heard of it, it's um, the Complete Health Improvement Program. I think mm-hmm. your church Yeah, our church runs it, it usually annually, yes. Yeah, and I think uh, I want our church to run it up here too in Newcastle mm-hmm. because it's such a good program. And they give you treatments. Mm. <laughs> so these are hydrotherapy treatments. Mm-hmm. These are a bunch of other. I had a couple of facials. Oh. I had a, a foot massage oh. every day. Every day a every foot massage. <laughs> no wonder she came I'm in. I'm telling you it made such a difference. She came into the studio today dragging her feet, <laughs> thinking about what happened last week. Wow, oh. so a foot massage every day, two yeah. facials. What else? Well, and I had that. Well, Hydrotherapy massages, baths, massages. Mass- yeah, they've got a spa there. They've got beautiful walks. Saw wombats and kangaroos and wow. glowworms at night and. Uh, yeah, we just came back and we feel refreshed. It was a good for Justin too because he's yeah. been on a chemo program yeah, for been. his cancer. And, uh, yeah, for him it was like a big reset. And I think because he's doing so well, I feel amazing. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. Well, it has been a really tough journey, hasn't it, for, for both of you, especially for him. Yeah, um, it has. But so, I'm very grateful yeah, to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And um, you were telling me that he's feeling so, so much, much better, better. Oh. so much better in the space of a week. Right, yeah. So this health reset is well worth it. Yeah, it's amazing what just getting away, getting into nature, mm. having good food and exercise, fresh air, and uh, unplugging from <laughs> reception. Oh wow! So there's no reception there. <laughs> there's really. Wi-Fi there, but no reception. So. Oh, fantastic! Nobody can call you. No one can call you. Oh, that's like the best. <laughs> yeah. Church members can't bother you or anything <laughs> like that. Oh wow! Not that they ever do. No, no, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> or, or not in a bad way, anyway. No, um, but it was uh, just. Wow. It's a wonderful time. So. Yeah, and you learn so many things. Um, yes. I've never been to one of these retreats, but I know of people who have, um, and they come back just just beaming, and and they can't say enough good things about you know these health retreats because really the reality is we spend thousands of dollars on holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some do, some probably don't, but you know we spend a lot of money on a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, homes, cars, whatever the case may be. But your health and well-being is, hey. is the most important thing That's it. in your in your life in the here and now because that really impacts every other aspect of your life. I remember when I was a kid, there was a doctor who said, health is not everything, but everything is nothing without health. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you can make some time investment um, to something like that, it's well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, folks. There's other health retreats out there, you know, in different parts yeah. of, of the country, especially up and down the East Coast. Yeah. There's a number of health retreats, and it's worth, yeah, investigating and looking into it. And, yes, it can cost a few dollars. However, however, like I said, the amount of money we spend on holidays where you go and you come back and, yes, yeah, you might have seen a few things, might be a little bit refreshed, but you haven't really learnt too much about, you know, ongoing health 
and how you can maintain a good, healthy lifestyle. You haven't learnt really anything in that space, and that's kind of the end of the holiday. Whereas this, you you know, you're able to continue on that journey. That's right. And while we were down there, we discovered that Cedar Vale is potentially they're looking at a property opening up a sister retreat mm-hmm. in Victoria. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, people should keep their eyes on that. They're just praying that God provides the the funds, but they've got this fantastic facility that that's come up, and mm. yeah, the vision for that is just as amazing as what we experienced, if not more. So with a couple of other things for people who may need to detox mm. from um, a substance and mm. that kind of thing, and they'll have doctors on hand there too. So yeah, it's great, great. So much stress in this day and age, especially. And mm-hmm. um, we're probably going to remind our listeners of some of that stress by taking a look at some of the current events that are <laughs> taking right. place um, that, are, that are telling us that the coming of Jesus is drawing near. And, I mean, Jesus used the analogy of labor pains. Yes. And we know that the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, it'll be like those labor pains will continue to intensify mm-hmm. frequency and, um, and severity. So uh, that is what we are seeing right now. And so we want to take a look, um, Sharissa, at, at what's making news um, around the world, in our nation and around the world, and as it specifically relates to Bible prophecy. So that's our interest. Um, what relates to Bible prophecy? Because that fits Pretty much in. everything right yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, there is a lot. So that which you know, fits in with, uh, with, with, you know, with the Looking Up show, which is when Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass, mm-hmm. look up because your redemption is drawing near. And he was talking about... Yes. Things that are taking place in the world um, that are visible for each and every one of us. So, Sharissa, I might start off with you. Do you have um, an item or two to share <laughs> before I start unloading? Um, <laughs> I'm really so- keen to hear what you've got there. But um, look, just one thing maybe to kick the ball off here. We have seen a number of articles in the news um, today about a new virus that's been detected in China. Now, that's not exciting, but Jesus did say in Matthew 24, mm. he said that there would be pestilences, plural. Yes, he did. And as a sign. And, um, you know, this, along with everything else, is just another one of those converging signs that we're seeing here. This new virus, they say, can jump from animals to humans. It's been detected in China, only 35 people so far, but that's how COVID started too. Mm. Um, and they're just watching it very closely. According to reports, this is the very first time they've ever detected this virus in humans wow. so we yeah i kind of hope they don't uh, have a massive spread from here but yeah they're watching it yeah and there are there are there are many viruses out there mm-hmm. that um that are under control or they're being kept under control but at any and at any time they can they can jump mm-hmm. um and and yeah create what we've seen over the last couple of years well, I want to sort of begin by taking a look at um, what's been happening sort of in the news in the last couple of days. Um, yeah. they're, they're in the land of the free and the home of the brave, where, you know, it's becoming, it's becoming uh, more of the land of the very brave. Um, because, yes. because, yeah, you know, the, the tension in the United States is growing by the day. And with the latest incident there with, Amazing. with um, you know, the former... President of the United States of America, Donald Trump's home there in Florida, Mar-a-Lago or whatever it's called, um, being raided by the FBI. I mean, that's just sent the the media there in a frenzy. You it know? has, and, and it's um, I mean, I think it's unprecedented. It's a, yeah, I understand it? it's unprecedented. I understand this has never happened to any um, United States sitting president or one that has been a president. So it's it's kind of like a really 
a really big deal there for the United States of America. But what this has done, it has created even greater division. Mm. There is now greater division in this country that is already very divided. And we don't, we don't need to be reminded of that January 6th. Yep. You know, we all like September 11, January 6th is now infamous, yes. you know, um, and what took place there. Um, last year. And so we have, you know, we have this country that is so, so divided. And just before that incident with Donald Trump took place, here I am reading um, an article that I think someone sent to me, which is really interesting. And it was a survey uh, that was conducted um, there in the United States. And this was the headline of the survey. Survey finds alarming trend toward political violence. And I just want to read a little to you of this. This is really, really interesting and fascinating, especially as it connects with end time events and the book of Revelation and Revelation 13 and the United States role in Bible prophecy, as we've been taking a look at. It says it says here, just, just to read a little bit of it, it says... Um, we uh, where are we here? I'll start off here. Um, it says a new report published as a preprint um, on this particular researcher. It mentions them, um, and it says reveals alarming trends in attitudes toward violence, including political violence in the United States. The survey is the first of its kind to explore the participants' personal willingness to engage in specific political violent scenarios. So this is the first time they've done this kind of survey mm-hmm. there in the United States. And they go on and say, we expected the findings to be concerning, but these exceeded our worst expectations, hmm. said Garen Wintermoot, lead author of the study. He said, Wintermoot is, a, is an emergency department physician and director of the Violence Prevention Research po- uh, Program in the California Firearm Violence Research Center. And this is, this is what some of the survey results, I won't take the time to read all the, all the analysis of it, but I just want to read to you some of the, some of the survey results, some of the key findings from those who were surveyed. Check out these numbers. Just listen to these numbers. 67% perceive there is a serious threat to our democracy of those who are surveyed. 50% agree that in the next several years there will be civil war in the United States. Oh, wow. That's half those who were surveyed. Mm-hmm. 42% agreed that having a strong leader for America is more important than having a democracy. Wow. And our friend Shell, who's from that part of the world, she is tuning into these stats. <laughs> 41% agreed that in America, native-born white people are being replaced by immigrants. Once again, that's fueling that division. Okay, mm-hmm. there's, that, there's that animosity, there is that racism and so forth coming through. 18%, this was really alarming, 18% agreed strongly or very strongly that violence or force is needed to protect American democracy when elected leaders will not. Wow. So what these 18% are saying that if our elected leaders are not doing as we ought, is as we think they ought to be doing in order to protect democracy, we need to rise up and we need to do something about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 20% think that the political violence is at least sometimes justifiable in general. And, it's, and, and I'll, I'll quit there. I'll quit there. But what this is telling me, these statistics are telling me that, yeah, in the United States, uh, the tension is at such a point where people are ready to take matters into their own hands. And we don't need to be reminded that the United States per capita has more guns than any other place on the planet. Mm. Someone once pointed out there's more guns in the United States than people. <laughs> 
You know, we talk about more sheep than people in New Zealand. <laughs> Probably true for Australia as well. Um, but yeah, so so the tension there is is enormous. And um, and what this highlights is what the Bible says at the end of time. There's going to be tension. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of tension. There's going to be tension between between you know two sides in particular. Uh, you know, your left and the right. What we have today. And that will bring about a vacuum that needs to be filled by a savior, by mm. a savior kind of figure or a political entity or a religious entity to come in and save the day. For we know that First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3, it says, when they cry peace and safety, then sudden, sudden destruction comes mm-hmm. upon them. Like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, they shall not escape. So in order for there to be the cry of peace and safety, guess what, Sharissa? There has to be trouble. chaos and confusion, trouble and 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 destruction. Mm. Otherwise, why cry peace and safety if everything's going along hunky dory? That's a good point. And we're living happily ever after. So, so what we are currently seeing in the United States and the rest of the world, but especially the United States, because that's where Revelation thirteen will begin to be fulfilled, and it will spread throughout the entire world. And we're going to be, we're going to be talking about this subject today. Um, whenever we get to it eventually. Um, we are seeing, I believe, you know, the ramping up or the ratcheting up of this tension that, you know, Daniel 11 speaks of with the king of the north and the king of the south. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we will talk about that probably at another time. But, yeah, I found that very, very interesting. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, look uh, along the chaos that's in the world, if I can quickly share this. Uh, Rachel Levine is the first openly transgender official confirmed by the U.S. Senate, and she has recently called for laws to support and empower young people, youths, to get gender affirmation treatment. Wow. Laws. Laws. Laws for this to be able to happen. Um, wow. That's just really kind of scary when you think about young people. Like, what does a toddler know about what they want for the rest of their lives? What does yeah. a kid know? They don't really no, know. they so, don't. They don't. Um, yeah, to put something like that in law is, is it's scary. It is. It is. And we know that puberty is a time of great sort of, you know, confusion in the life of young people. I know what it was like for me. And so... You know, to 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 bring in laws um, in that space is 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 just not right. And um, right. but yeah, once again, that's the world that we're living in. And um, so this is all telling us that things are really coming to a climax, to a head. So we've got more to share on on what's taking place in the world as it relates to Bible prophecy. But we won't be able to do that right now because now we have a song and then the news, and then we'll be back. So listen to Emily Felt Jones. There's no way around the cross. Drawn on the master plan And placed in the front of eternity With salvation symbol for all to see And there's no way around the cross All history hangs on that tree And the shadow falls for your future today cause there's no way around the wrong 
Filled with war, viruses and uncertainty, do you wish for hope and peace? You'll find comfort and purpose through studying the Bible, and you're invited to join us in a Bible discovery journey through the prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation. This series starts on Saturday the 13th of August at 11.30am at the Orange Seventh-day Adventist Church on the corner of Allenby and Isley Roads, followed by Wednesday the 17th at 7.30pm online, and continuing each Saturday and Wednesday. For more information and to receive the online Zoom link, contact Lorenzo on 0428 425 590. That's 0428 425 590. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, bits worth repeating. So at some particular point, you are going to, if time lasts, have descendants that are 10 generations on from you. How are you going to predict which of those descendants are going to be the primary line of descendants? How are you going to predict which of those descendants are going to be the godly line of descendants? Because once you've moved on 10 generations, anybody who's done any kind of family research knows that the family tree is unbelievably wide. And when you're living in a world where you can have children for nearly a thousand years, you can have a lot of children during that time. So how are you going to pick which ones are going to be the preeminent line? How are you going to pick which ones are going to be the godly line? And then how are you going to predict what their names are going to be so that you can like, oh, let me tell a gospel story right here by creating all of these names in advance, 10 generations into the future, and we only live a 70-year lifespan. This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. 
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking Up show with Sharissa, Danny and the wonderful Shell. And we are here in this second hour looking at what's taking place in the world as it relates to Bible prophecy before we tap into some more prophetic, powerful events that are taking place before our very eyes in light of the subject matter that we are looking at this afternoon from Matthew 24. And what exactly are we going to be looking at after we take a look at the current events? Well, we are trekking through Matthew 24, and we've been talking about, well, two weeks ago, we were talking about the abomination of desolation. So we're going to talk about how we're seeing movements towards this being set up today. Mm, Wow, so that's fascinating, fascinating Mm -hmm. stuff. So today is a big show, a lot of current events, a lot of headlines, just a lot of interesting things to help people join the dots. Just like every week. Just like every week. (laughs) And if you would like to ask a question, we'd love to hear from our three listeners that are out there every week that listen to us. I'm sure there's a few more than three. That's right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Any questions, any comments, prayer requests, Anything, yes. feel free to share with us 04 That's 04 And that's also the number that you'll be able to text in the code word for the wonderful gift that we'll be giving away once again today, which is the book called The Great Hope. The Great Hope. And um, you won't want to miss out on this book if you don't already have it in your library, The Great Hope. It's a condensed version of the book, The Great Controversy, written more than a century ago that is speaking to our very times. This book, unlike any other, will help you to understand the prophecies of the Bible, in particular the book of Revelation, prophecies that we are dealing with. Isn't that right, Sharissa? That's right. And I read it every morning. I try mm-hmm. to read The Great Controversy every morning, parts of it. And it's just phenomenal mm. reading it and then comparing you know, what's taking place in the world right now before our very it's eyes. It's a book for right now. It's a book for right now. So The Great Hope, we're going to give you the code word probably in the next section. And um, we've got as many as we need to give away. So Wild we've got, stocks last. Wild stocks last. We'll give away as many as we need to. So whoever sends in their code word, you're more than welcome to to have a copy of that book. Now, also, in case you've missed out on any of these previous um, uh, messages or, or, I guess, shows, we have a Faith FM app. You can um, go to the App Store and you can simply download the Faith FM app and on there go to the Looking Up show and there you'll be able to find all of our previous um, episodes that have been aired and you'll be able to catch up all the way through through from the last two years to today, and mm-hmm. especially in this series. So you'll be able to catch up on that. All right, Sharissa. Yes. Do you have some other things before I share a few things and finish off with some amazing things that took place at the Commonwealth Games, my oh, dear friend. Right. Well, So we'll leave that, that to the last. We'll leave that to the very last. All right, all right. Well, um, did you know that there have been record rainfalls in Korea? South Korea. Wow. Um, at least nine people have been killed as waters 
rise there's flooding there that's submerging cars but um, just another example of our world in chaos so while there's record rainfall there we've got record droughts in other places, in, in other places and um, yeah it just seems like nature is in is in just upheaval yes, yes. wherever I got this um, headline. This was just August 6th. So what's that? A week or no, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. two, three days ago. Um, this was from the US Sun newspaper and this was the headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, China rehearsing sinking US aircraft carriers with hypersonic missiles in Taiwan war games as World War Three fears loom. So that's kind of pretty straight to the point, isn't it, that headline? That sounds like a rumour of war. It does sound like a (laughs) rumour of war, wars and rumours of war. So we've got so much going on, um, obviously, in in that space. It's it's just one thing after the other. Now, I also looked at, um, this was on the ABC, just uh, an ABC news item from the 9th, which is what, yesterday? Mm -hmm. I think that's the yesterday, 9th of August. That was yesterday. And, um, you know, we've all heard of the oil crisis and the prices going up at the pump, the fuel pump, but not many people are talking about the other oil crisis that we have, Mm -hmm. which is cooking oil crisis. Oh, it's another crisis. So this is the headline. From the ABC News, cooking oil shortages pushing up food prices and creating headaches for manufacturers. Mm. And it goes on and says that, you know, from your local fish and chip shop um, all the way through to, you know, restaurants and, and, and others that utilise oils, you know, there's, there's a real shortage because a lot wow. of that oil comes from the Ukraine and Russia uh-huh. and, you know, the supply chains there have been seriously impacted. So... Yeah, they're they're saying it's it's not a good thing, and um and those oil prices, uh, cooking oil prices won't be going down anytime soon, and will just continue to put prices up. And not only does it affect cooking, but apparently, according to this article, it will also affect people's lipstick price. <laughs> True story, true story. Now we're talking about a crisis. Here we go. Look, (laughs) the price of cosmetics is also set to rise due to the vegetable oil crisis. Wow. And, yeah, it goes into lipstick. I mean, I don't use it, so (laughs) I I won't have any issues with um, with the – I don't care how much uh, lipstick goes up. It says, um, vegetable oil is also a core ingredient in many of life's little luxuries, including makeup. Oh, no. Um, yes. Well, I mean, what more can I say? Lettuce is going up. Oh, lipstick, no. lipstick is going up. Oh, no. What's the world coming to? It must it's be the end of the an world. He goes on and says he's forecasting this individual, um, Rowan Whitson, who runs a local cosmetics developer and manufacturer a laboratory. He says price hikes on everything from moisturizers to lipstick, largely in part due to the extreme increases he is seeing in such oils. Oh, boy, oh, boy. They've held off passing on the price of lipstick, but they can't hold off any longer. So I'm really sorry, ladies. I know that's not what you wanted to hear on this Wednesday afternoon. Um, So get out there and get as much lipstick and makeup as you possibly can before the prices go up. Is that what you do? You do. Uh, You heard it first on (laughs) There we go. All right. That's a bit of a fun story. Well, not a fun story if you're using a lot of makeup. Maybe we need to scale back on the makeup and the lipstick. Maybe we need to find some natural makeup. Maybe. Like mud. (laughs) 
Like a mud bath. That's really handy. There you go. All right, on to other other news. Um, this was interesting. Reserve Bank. This was also from um, yeah from yesterday. Reserve Bank. This was ABC News. Reserve Bank to trial digital currency in limited scale pilot scheme. So, <laughs> digital currency. There's more and more talk of a digital currency. Now, you've heard of Bitcoin, Charissa? Yeah, I've heard of it. You know, Bitcoin and so forth. So this is a digital currency, but it's put out by the Reserve Bank. And um, there's a number of nations uh, looking to tap into it. It's they're called CBDCs, mm-hmm. or which is which is you know short or the acronym for central bank digital currencies. And it says the Reserve Bank of Australia will trial its own digital currency as part of a research project. And so just in brief, there's a lot that I've sort of read up on this digital currency that's being talked about um, around the world, Europe, America, and now here in Australia. Basically, what they're looking to do is they're looking to digitalize currency for a number of reasons. Number one, it'll cut down, you know, crime. Um, Every, you know, pretty much the, the money supply or the money chain will be monitored, you know, from go to woe. And you will also be monitored how you spend that money more effectively. They can do that now, but they'll be able to do it a whole heap more effectively so that you're spending in harmony with keeping our world, you know, in good shape. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. responsible spending. You'll be getting credits and, um, you know, pats on the back if you spend your money responsibly, a bit like the social credit system mm-hmm. in China, which is sort of tied in with that. And that reminds me of Revelation 13 because there will come a time when you will not be able to buy, buy and sell. sell yeah. Exactly. And so the more digital we go with our currency, the more Revelation 13 is looking not just a pie-in-the-sky idea as it was written down 2,000 years ago and people thought that was mad, but now it's looking very much like a reality. They're talking about it. Wow, amazing. So it is really, really amazing. So, um, yeah, just 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 seeing how, how things are, are taking place. And, I mean, just the banks, people would have noticed, you know, a lot of banks are closing down. Mm-hmm. A lot of the cash, you know, those cash machines, what do you call those cash machines where you pull out money? The cash? Uh, ATM. ATM, <laughs> otherwise known as ATMs. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them are being pulled out. Really? Yeah. Oh, heaps, hundreds in Australia. Really? ATMs have gone the last few years. Because um, everyone's going cashless. People are going cashless. People are going online. Wow. So, I didn't know that. That's yeah, interesting. So that really, really is interesting. Um, another, another headline here, as we're zipping along, this was really interesting. This was um, an article by Stan Grant who is um, an ABC sort of a host of, of, of a couple of their shows on the ABC. Anyway, he wrote this really insightful article that I read. It was on the ABC News um, back on the 7th, so a couple of days ago, three days ago. And it was entitled, Science has hastened and highlighted the perils of climate change, but it may not be the sole solution. It, it Basically, he goes on in this article, he says, we've made a deal with the devil. Mm. And you're thinking, what do you mean we've made a deal with the devil? How do you connect that with the whole climate change? And he starts off by saying the world is at a tipping point from climate change to COVID to conflict. The future looks not just uncertain but perilous. And he goes on, he says, for sure, every age has its catastrophe or impending doom. The 20th century was a bloodbath and the world lived in the shadow of the nuclear bombs throughout the Cold War. He says, 
Yet, he goes on and he talks about, he says, what's taking place now, because of the industrial revolution and technology, we are wealthier, we're better off, we have lives that are far more comfortable. But what that has done is that has now accelerated climate change issues. Ooh, now this is where we're starting to head to topics that we're going to talk similarly about today. Yeah, absolutely. So he's saying that, you know, all these comforts that have come to us, especially since the Industrial Revolution and especially since World War II came to an end, all these comforts now, uh, you know, uh, are creating this this monster um, of uh, this climate crisis. Eight billion people in the world, whereas we only had one billion in 1800. Wow. And he's saying we have made a deal with the devil and the devil will be making us pay. Wow. We need to do something about it. He's saying it's time. And does time. he have any suggestions what he wants to do about it? Oh, he does. I doesn't. know a lot of other people do. I know, I know, I know. Basically, he says, he says, um, yeah, he goes on and talks about some, 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 yeah, philosophy here um, that I won't go into. But he says it's it's time. He says science logos has ruled over myth. He says, and th- this is how he finishes off his article. He says. Now we need stories that are older than modernity. He's mm. saying we need to go back to those old stories when our planet, planet was healthy and well rather than the solutions from modernity. He's mm. saying we need to step aside, and that's going to tap into where we're going to go this, after, uh, this yes. afternoon. I think you have one more. I, I do, I do. I'm going to have to uh, go past all these other ones. I'm going to have to get to my last one, which is the Commonwealth Games. I was just looking at this before I came the here today. The Commonwealth Games. This is mind-boggling. All right, the New World Order Summit, we'll have to deal with that another time. Um, <laughs> oh, the, what? There was yeah, such a yeah, thing? There was, yeah, back in March. I somehow missed it. Yeah. But um, Commonwealth Games, really, really fascinating. Let me get this. At our Commonwealth Games, the opening ceremony, um, I didn't watch it. Um, however, there were people that watched it, and I discovered that there was so much paganism and b- literally Baal worship at the opening of the Commonwealth Games that just blew my mind. I thought, okay, maybe they've made a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe they're making too much of it. And yeah. so I, I decided to sort of tune in and watch some of the segments. It was full on. There was a there was a bull there. There were those. Um, there was there, there was a woman riding the bull. There was a tower of Babel. They were talking about the Babel of Birmingham. Didn't they even call it. They the literally tower called of it Babel. the Tower of Babel. They called it Bur- the Birmingham Babel Tower or something along those lines. You know, this wow. uh, there was purple and scarlet. Yeah. Purple and scarlet um, that was you know predominant when this bull was was being paraded. Here is a picture I found of it. Yeah. Of the Tower of Babel. I'm telling you, it, it really was, is a replica. You know, united, you know, the whole theme of being united as one and the lyrics of some of the songs that they were pointing out, it, it really, really was phenomenal. And um, I just could not believe it, the bowing down mm. to this bull, um, you know, just, just just, the whole, I mean, how it began, you know, this, this video clip of stars falling to the ground. And all the, um, all the nations And all the, the nations there. of the world coming together and, and looking to, you know, create a new world and just phenomenal stuff. So it was like... We were watching, we were watching literally a modern day version of Baal worship. And this was one billion people were exposed to this. So, folk, we are living in interesting times, that's for sure. In the meantime, listen to Josh Garrels and Steadfast, and we'll be back. I will build my house where the storm won't drive. 
on a rock that does not move. I will set my hope in your love, oh Lord, in your faithfulness will prove you are steadfast, steadfast. You are steadfast. All the starry hopes are called out by name each night. In your watchful care, I will rest secure as you lead me with your light. You are steadfast, steadfast. You are steadfast. Strength of kings on your promise, I will stand. I will shout for joy. I will raise my voice. Hallelujah to the Lamb. You are steadfast, steadfast. You are steadfast. Darkness, your light was revealed in the presence of death. Your life was affirmed in the absence of holiness. You are still called. You are steadfast. Steadfast. You are steadfast. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Josh Garrell, Steadfast. Sharissa, we need to be steadfast. Amen. We are heading to the finishing line. Have mercy. What did we watch? Well, I didn't, <laughs> but I'm sure many of our listeners <laughs> many of our listeners watched the opening ceremony yeah. of the Commonwealth Games, which has just wrapped up. And yes, yeah. Australia got to the top of the ladder. Wonderful. Uh, the United States were nowhere to be seen. Shell, may I add, because they're not part of the Commonwealth Games. That's why you're nowhere to be seen on the ladder. <laughs> Otherwise, the United States are always on top. So it's good. It's good that they're not part of the Commonwealth Games. Give the Games. rest of us a chance. Exactly. Give the rest of us a chance. Exactly. But I mean, Sharissa, the, you know, I briefly mentioned it, but I know you want to add something to it. The opening of the Commonwealth Games was literally taking us back to those ancient pagan worship practices that we read of in the Old Testament where Baal was worshipped there at the foot of Mount Sinai, where the builders, um, after the flood, after the flood, 
did not believe in the word of God and the promise of God through the rainbow that there would never be another flood again. And they, in, in direct opposition to the clear word of God, chose to build a tower that the Bible in, Genu- in Genesis 11 speaks of the Tower of Babel, which is where Babylon has its origins. We had that in Birmingham, my friend. Wow, it, it really is amazing. I hadn't actually seen anything about it until today. Someone sent me the video, um, a clip, and, and uh, yeah, you watch it, and it really is like watching um, an ancient ceremony brought into a modern context. It's really amazing. With the, they even called the Tower, the Tower of Babel, mm. um, all of those things. That and it looks to, like the, you know, the, the artist rendition or impressions of the Tower of Babel, you know, that, that you yeah. see in, in, in pictures. It's, it's phenomenal. Yes, it is. It really is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, if, I wouldn't encourage everyone to go and watch it, but if you're curious to see that what we're saying is true, you can just Google opening ceremony and you can see there's yeah. short clips and you'll just there see, is. wow. And, I mean, you know, I, I just can't get, get my head around. I've never seen anything quite like it, um, sort of, I mean, you know, we've got the Oscars and the Oscars have put out some pretty crazy stuff. Um, they had a Tower of Babel in the Oscars and they celebrated Babylon and, you know, they're, they're, they're just really, you know, out yeah. there as well. They're hiding nothing um, at the Oscars and the Olympics have had stuff. The Super Bowl also have, have had stuff that's from paganism yeah. and satanic worship, you could say. But this seems so openly. But this was this. There was nothing. Yeah, no, no. For me, for me, what really captured me was, uh, yes, you know, we've got the Tower of Babel there, and you know, the you know, we're all united by one. But this woman that was pictured there, dressed in white, um, riding that bull. She was riding the bull, and the colours of purple and scarlet that were present there um, in the background. And this bull is in the center of it all. In, yeah, this bull is at the very center and there's, you know, you got these individuals, you know, all, there's hundreds of people around the bull and they're making, you know, the, the symbol of the horns, you know, with their fingers, yes. um, you know, which is, which is a satanic symbol. It's yep. straight out satanic. And, um, and so you've got this woman with purple and scarlet and I couldn't, I could not but, you know, see Revelation 17, Revelation 17 where this woman, you know, dressed in scarlet and purple, um, with a golden cup in her hand, you know, is riding the beast. And um, well, even the intro video yeah. for it is really remarkable. It talks about stars falling from heaven, which we know is an allusion to how Bible prophecy describes the fall of Lucifer. Well, that's Revelation twelve. A third yeah. of the stars fell Lucifer from heaven. and his angels fell from heaven. Yeah. And it seems that this one of the stars falls from heaven in this intro video mm. and everybody worships the star. Yeah, that one star, the young lady sort of picks up she, this. She prays to yeah, it. Yeah, she prays to it. Yeah, she picks up this, um, I guess, well, what do you call it? Like a, a, like a um, I can't, can't think of the word, um, not, not a, a stone, yeah, one of those stones, yeah. gems or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So, um, yeah, look, folk, um, the enemy is becoming more and more open. Yes. Um, you know, once upon a time... You would be, you know, you would be um, labelled as a conspiracy theorist um, who is, you know, digging for for these kind of things in some, you know, website that no one's heard of. This was on mainline television, the opening of the Commonwealth Games before one billion or more viewers around the world. So there was nothing secretive about this. This was so open, so blatant, so in your face. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, Sharissa. You just can't make it up. It's so 
so connected with Scripture and in particular the book of Revelation and end times. It's just phenomenal. Ah, it is. And um, I feel like we have lots that tells us we're living where Jesus is coming very soon. Absolutely. So I believe I believe the enemy is really preparing the minds and the hearts of people. And, you know, I don't, we won't get into it right now, but even what Hollywood's been pumping out, mm-hmm. you know, the last number of years, especially in children's videos, cartoons, I mean, stuff, some of the stuff's just openly and blatantly satanic and pagan and anti Christian, anti-Bible, just just blatant, you know, in your face. Yeah. And so parents, I want to really, you know, encourage parents, be mindful of what your children watch, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of videos, video games they are involved in because the enemy is after the minds it's of our young people. conditioning our minds exactly. to think sin is something safe. Exactly. But it's the most toxic, dangerous thing there is. Absolutely. And he wraps it up often in, in you know, sort of colourful, happy, you know, nice uh, wrapping, but it's deadly within. So, um, yeah, we've got to be mindful. We've got to be mindful. All right, we've got our book that we're giving away, Sharissa. We do, we do. The Great Hope, The Great Hope. Are we going to be giving away the code word at this point in time? We or should. We should? What a shell. Did shell we, is not Did in- we decide on that code word? I think we did. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Here we go. Our producer is coming. Is coming. To- the word is wrapped. Rapid, rapid. <laughs> we knew that. Thank you so much, Shell. Shell to the rescue. <laughs> that was the first. We forgot our own code. We word. forgot our own code, but I'm telling you, we're living at the end of time. When we forget our own code, when you know that the end is nigh, rapid is the word. So here's the rapid. number. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh four triple eight one seven six two four. Oh four triple eight one seven six two four, and you'll get your book, The Great Hope. I'm telling you, Sharissa, if ever there was a time to read the book, The Great Hope or The Great Controversy, if you have it, it's right now. Amen. Amen. Now, we do have... We have some listeners. We have a fourth listener. We have four listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Who has joined us? Well, you can... Here we go. Jane. Is that Jane Philox? Philcox. Philcox. Yes. Hey, what is she right? Hey, guys, you have at least four listeners now. (laughs) How exciting. How exciting. Welcome to all four of you. Yes, welcome to all four of you. We've got the awesome foursome. We do. Fantastic. And there's three of us here in the studio. We love hearing from them. Absolutely. So, folk, yeah, do send us a question, comment, prayer requests, or if you'd like to do Bible studies, just say, look, I'd like to do Bible studies with someone and we'll ensure that um, someone connects with you to help you on your journey. Amen. And we've had one person already come in for the uh, the code word. So just a reminder that when you text in, I I think it'll still work. Text it in, text it in rapid. Just text the word rapid. R-A-P-I-D. We're living in times where things are happening rapidly. Rapid. Amen. All right, Sharissa, over to you, my friend. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our wonderful Father in heaven, we thank you for the time we can have now to study the Bible together with our listeners. And we just pray for the Holy Spirit to guide our discussion, to guide our listeners as we study your word. Lead us into all truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, we should probably reorient our listeners Mm. in Matthew chapter Mm -hmm. 24. Mm -hmm. We have uh, stepped through the first parts of where the disciples asked, you know, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus masterfully answered two things, that both when the destruction of Jerusalem would happen and the signs that would foretell his soon return. And he gives a number of 
things that they would see happening in the world. And we saw in a previous episode that these things actually did happen to around just before the destruction of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem in AD 70. But they will apply too on a global scale at the end of time. That's right. And Jesus says, you know, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Um, nation will rise against nation. There'll be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. But that's just the beginning of the birth pains that signal my coming. Um, we talk about these every week. That's why we head through the... Um, the news headlines, because it's such an exciting time to be alive. Mm. We're literally Amen. living in the times of these birth pains, and they're increasing in their frequency and intensity. Rapid. Rapid. Rapid is the word I would use. Rapid, that's right. But then the Bible says, and maybe we can read verses 9 to, f- where shall we go to? It's quite a long reading there, but I think we should read verses 9 to verse 22. Okay. Do you want to read that? All right. Well, I'll read up to verse 14 and then I'll okay, let yeah, you take sure. it away from there. Sure. Verse 9, Matthew 24. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So this is this is what will take place in the context of things just going completely out of control. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. what's happening next. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time no nor ever shall be and unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened wow so we've kind of stepped through that in a previous episode we have Uh, there's so much gold here isn't there but uh, backing up, we want to do a part two because we talked about the abomination of desolation as it applied to Jerusalem. That's right. And uh, do you want to refresh our listeners on what that was? Well, simply put, we, we discovered that Jesus spoke of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet mm-hmm. in Daniel chapter 9. And that was in reference to, to Jerusalem being besieged. Sadly, um, Jesus Christ, the gospel, um, that would be that would be refused by by the Jewish leadership in particular. That would be the abomination that would lead to desolation. And um, so, the Jewish leaders rather made a deal with the Roman authorities than with Jesus Christ. And what happened in the end was that the, those so those so those those same, I've got, I've got all tongue-tied, those same Roman authorities that they made a deal with in order to put Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. 
were the same Roman authorities that came and besieged the city mm-hmm. and destroyed the city. But wow. before before the city was destroyed, there was an opening. Uh, there was an opening because the the Roman soldiers, the first time they left in 67 AD, they that were about to overthrow. Strange, wasn't and it? And they mysteriously left, exactly. Um, historians of that time, including Josephus, write about that. And so the Christians saw that as the sign that Jesus gave, you will then have the opportunity to flee, which we just read of. And they did flee, and then the Roman soldiers came back under under Titus, and yes. they besieged the city, and there was no going back after this, and more than a million Jews sadly lost their lives. But all the Christians, they were all saved and spared because they saw the sign and they left. In the end, there's going to be another sign that Jesus speaks of worldwide that will tell us when to flee and 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 where where to find safety. Yes, amazing. It's very interesting because, you know, um, we're going to have to continue this in just a few moments, but when we look at the sign that will signal uh, the coming of the end at the end of time here, uh, we'll have to do that after this song, but it's amazing when you see the parallels between ancient and the current. Absolutely. So sit back and listen to Josh Wright, What You Could Do With Me. And we You took a stone to kill a giant Took a staff to part the sea And only you could do so much With ordinary things You took a slave to tame a lion Took a rock to make a spring And only you would choose a shepherd boy to be a king So I don't have to be the strongest Cause you are perfect in my weakness If you can move a mountain with faith like a grain of mustard seed I wonder what you could do with me You're the God of all creation You're the King above all kings But only you would choose a rugged cross to rescue me You're the healer of the broken By faith I still believe You took on my flesh, you conquered death Lord, you are my victory So I don't have to be the strongest Cause you in my weakness If you can move a mountain With faith like a grain of mustard seed I wonder what you could do
that I, I don't have to be the strongest. Cause you Beautiful song once again. All the songs are just so beautiful and uplifting and encouraging. Welcome to the Looking Up Show. If you've just joined us in the last little bit, you may have jumped in the car and you have turned on the radio and we are so glad that you are with us. Sharissa, we've been taking a look at this um, incredible prophecy um, given by Christ 2,000 years ago that not only foretold uh, the signs that would lead to the to the destruction of Jerusalem, but ultimately the signs that would lead to his coming Mm -hmm. and the destruction of the world as we know it. Yes, that's right. And uh, we've just gotten up to the part where we're identifying, you know, what is this abomination of desolation? Mm. We've done this in much greater detail in a previous episode, but um, for the sake of time, you know, when Jesus is talking here about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet and the same passage which uh, Luke is talking about, the same conversation that Jesus mm-hmm. is having With uh, his disciples, he calls it when you see Jerusalem surrounded mm. by armies. Mm. Okay, so it's it's the abomination of desolation was the, was the, the Roman sur- armies. The Roman armies coming surrounding Jerusalem. But why was it an abomination? It was because when the Romans came to battle when they would besiege anything they came with just military and religious stuff Mm. and on this stuff they had their standards and on their standards they had their gods and their you know symbols to say we come and we're fighting in the name of our gods and we talked about this last time but the standard which is very fascinating particularly when we get to revelation which Mm. we're going to jump there in just a minute but the standards would have um an eagle that's right. With a sun disk. That's right. Um, anything else that I'm missing there? Well, no. Basically, the the same eagle that is on the coat of arms of the United States of America was what was the eagle that the Romans yes. had on their standards yeah. when they went into battle. And so it's interesting that the ancient Babylonians, yep. um, they worshipped the sun god. And uh, they passed that on to, you know, the people of Pergamum. They're in Asia Minor, um, in Pompeii. And in 63 BC, we have have the sun god Mithra um, was adopted by the Roman legions as their protector. Mm -hmm. And so then we've got, you know, sun worship and the sun god becomes the preeminent god um, of the pagan Roman Empire. And when Constantine becomes the first Christian emperor, he transfers, he transfers, you know, the veneration of the sun into the Christian church. He just mm-hmm. passes mm-hmm. it on, and it's interesting. He 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 set out the first Sunday law mm-hmm. um, in three twenty one A.D. And it's interesting that this is what he says in the in the law that he put out. <coughs> this is three twenty one A.D. On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest 
and let all workshops be closed. However, in the country, people can be engaged in agriculture and may freely and lawfully continue their pursuits and so on and so forth. So the first ever civil Sunday law that a government instituted on behalf of the church was Constantine. Mm, And then you have the church shortly after, um, 15 years in fact, from 321 AD in 336 AD, at the Council of Laodicea, uh, the church adopted Sunday as a day of rest, a day of worship to be venerated by Christians. And this is what the church um, uh, wrote in 336 AD at its council. This is a Christian church at the time. Christians must not Judaize by resting on the Sabbath, but must work on that day rather than honoring the Lord's day. And if they can, so the Lord's day was now, not the Sabbath, which the Bible says is the Lord's Day. It's the day of the Lord. But now the the Lord's Day was transferred from Saturday, the Sabbath, to Sunday, the first day. And you have it here. Rather than honoring the Lord's Day, and if they can, resting, then as Christians. But if any shall be found to be Judaizers or honoring the Sabbath, because okay. that's what the Jews did. Yep, they yep. honored the Sabbath. Let them be anathema from Christ. And to be to be called anathema was to be separated from Christ, was Mm -hmm. to be eternally lost. Mm. Wow. So this is only 15 years after uh, Constantine um, shares the Sunday law in 321 AD. So So the church jumped on and said, you've got church and state uniting, which will happen again at the end of time. This is that's amazing. So we just we just put a lot of dots joined right there in a very short space of time. So we're saying that Jesus is identifying for us that when you see false worship mm-hmm. standing in the place of true worship, mm-hmm. so false in place of true, that's your signal to flee. That was you know they came and put their idols, this their idols there, the Roman army, and that was the signal to the Christians on the inside that it was time to flee. At the end of time, we're saying that there will be something very similar. Mm-hmm. Very much related to those idol standards that yes. the Roman armies came and fought with. They had their sun discs on mm-hmm. it, and uh, we've just you've just shown us through history there how sun, Sunday, and sun worship has uh, been bequeathed to, I guess, most of the Christian well, world. Well, to Protestantism. Protestantism. So from Rome. From Rome, yeah. So from pagan Rome, and it was bequeathed to. Papal Rome through Constantine. That's right. Well, yeah, Constantine was was the one who who brought out that first and ever then the Sunday Council law. Of Laodicea. Yeah, and then the Council of Laodicea, the Church picked it up and ran with it, Amazing. and adopted it. Wow. So, so the you know persecution came to an end. Persecution of Christians came to an end um, under Constantine and and beyond. And so you have a completely new era, a new mm. world order, so to speak. And it's interesting, yeah, that the Protestants picked it up. And so we go from Babylon, from Babylon to, to basically pagan Rome, to papal Rome, to Protestantism, to the end of time when the entire world, All right. the entire world will be immersed in, in this false worship that is ultimately set up by the one who seeks worship. Mm, we and should that probably... Is, yeah, sorry, you I was going to say, the one who seeks worship um, and revelation describes his aim to receive worldwide worship, which we're wow. going to be going to in a little bit. Well, maybe we should look at what uh, Revelation has to say about Absolutely. That. Revelation 13 yep. is, is where we need to go. And you have this transference 
from pagan Rome to papal Rome right here in the text in Revelation Amazing. 13. All right. Where should we go there? I Revelation think if you want to 13? read Revelation 13, verse 1 and 2, Sharissa. Sure. The Bible says here, Then I stood on the stand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Okay. Let's just pause there. Yep. Oh, this is speaking of the Roman papacy. Yes, okay. the sea beast. The sea beast is the Roman papacy. This is something that has been uh, demonstrated and documented by Protestants for hundreds of years. That's right. Verse 2. Now the beast that I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him. This is the same dragon that attempted to kill the male child in the mm-hmm. previous chapter. He, so the dragon gave him his power. His throne and great authority. Okay, if we could just pause here for a moment so I can just unpack this briefly. The dragon that you pointed out appears in in Revelation 12 for the first time, Mm -hmm. and there is described as that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. The dragon seeks to destroy baby Jesus in Revelation chapter 12 through pagan Rome. Yes. Okay, Satan seeks to destroy Christ through pagan Rome. So the dragon here now represents pagan Rome. That Satan used. Mm-hmm. And pagan Rome gives this power, this sea beast power, gives him his power, his throne, and great authority. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. The pagan emperors vacated Rome, and the vacuum was filled by the popes and mm-hmm. by the Church of Rome. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole heap more that we can share. And what's fascinating here is that this beast, or the Roman papacy, is described as being part leopard, part bear, and part lion. Sounds very reminiscent of those four beasts we see coming up out of the sea. In Daniel chapter 7. Daniel yeah. chapter 7. And so this is what's taking place. Why, why this, you know, this beast that is made up of all these different animals? Um, I believe it's because at the end of time, in this final power, this, this papal power that will rule the world and the world will follow in the footsteps of this power mm-hmm. as, we, as we continue to read the chapter, um, what we find is all of that which has been you know, individually brought to the table by these various powers will yes. all come together in this one. Yeah, I, I like how you put that because I think we, you know, it talks about how you won't be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. That That's sounds right. like a real lawmaking um, power, That's right. which is like the law of the Medes and the Persians. You can't yeah. change. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I can't. So, so at the end of time, it all comes together. The philosophy it's, of Greece, the exa- sun yeah, worship of that's Babylon, right. the military might of Rome, all that's together. Right, that's right, Medo-Persia, the fol- yeah, it, it, all these things come together and um, from the Babylonians to the Romans to the Greeks to the Medo-Persians, all the different aspects. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have their piece and you put all the pieces together and you have the end time scenario because we've got to remember that Satan is preparing for that end-time final conflict, which is over worship. That's very, very clear in Revelation 13 and 14. Eight times that word worship appears. Seven in connection with worshipping the beast and only once in connection with worshipping the creator. Mm. So you can clearly see that worshipping the beast is where the majority, sadly, will be heading. And so... As, as the world comes together at the end of time, we'll have this final worship showdown as Satan is throwing everything, including the kitchen sink. He has put all the pieces there because this is his one and only shot 
at receiving worldwide worship, which he has always mm. wanted. So when you only get one chance at it, you know, we talk about you have only one opportunity to make a first impression. Yeah. This is his one and only opportunity for world worship and world domination. Wow. So he's not leaving any stone unturned. No. So he's pulling all the pieces together, this including is his war plan. He's been working on Including it. what we saw at the Commonwealth Games, opening ceremony. All these things are designed to soften and prepare the minds and the hearts of the world. So um, while we're in Revelation chapter 13, um, based on what you just said, how is it that Satan then, what's his uh, strategy? How does he get that sea beast having that power in the world again? It's through deception. Through deception? Through deception. Well, he uses two, his, his two key, his two, his two key, uh, I guess, attacks are through deception and coercion. Yes. He uses both. And it's interesting. And he has another beast friend. He does. He does. And that's, and that's where we want to probably go now. Um, if you want to read, yeah, verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Okay, now who is this power? We've looked at this power in the We've past. We've looked at this power in the past, but this this power has to be the United States of America. It is. There, there's no other power yeah. that that fulfills this description. And so this power, it's interesting. If you keep reading there, if you want to read maybe verses 12, 12 and 13, um, yeah. yeah. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived." Mm. And then it goes on and talks about, you know, this image to the beast several more times and causes all both small and great to receive this uh, mark, rich and poor and so on and so forth. Otherwise, they can't buy and sell. So here you have deception and coercion. It's yep. very, very clear. And it's interesting that um, you have you have signs and wonders. Um, you have also the United States of America is the one that causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship this first beast. To receive the mark. Exactly, exactly. And so the mark is this outward sign, just like there was an outward sign that distinguished God's people and those who chose not to be God's people, those who heeded the voice of Christ and those who didn't heed the voice of Christ in 70 AD, those who heeded the voice of Christ, they left. Mm -hmm. They saw the sign. There was an outward sign, a very clear outward sign. The army pulled back and gave them an opportunity to be able to escape the city. And it was fascinating um, that not only the Roman army pulled away, but the Jewish army in Jerusalem pursued them. And so the Jew, the, I mean, the, the, the Jewish army was giving grief to the Christians. Wow. In, in Jerusalem. So they're, they're out of the way. And everybody could flee. Everyone know. could flee. You could flee in safety. You could flee without being impeded at all. Wow. So God set it up so that the Christians who heeded the words of Jesus were able to flee to safety and have their lives spared. Mm-hmm. And so... That's going to also take place at the end of time. So the final fulfillment of this abomination of desolation, the sign for God's people to flee the big cities at the end of time? It's when church and state unite in the United States and it'll spread throughout the world where the the Constitution will be shredded, where the First Amendment um, that 
that protects freedom of religion, um, you know, the separation of church and state, when that will be shredded and church and state will come together once again, as was the case in the Dark Ages, then it will be the time for God's people to leave the large cities in preparation for leaving the smaller ones. That's going to be our outward sign. So that yeah. is where we're heading. And there's, and there's a lot of um, interesting information that we're going to look at of what's been taking place around us in the here and now leading up to this Same very that. event. So we're going to be looking at that after the news. Um, we've got a beautiful song to come before that. And then after that, we're going to be looking at some news headlines that are telling us that, yeah, Things are on the way, and um, we're, we're nearing that day very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to listen to this beautiful song, The Remnant. It's happening now. Oh, have mercy. <laughs> it is indeed happening now. So, folks, sit back, listen. We'll be back with you after the news um, and showing you where we are at right now because it's happening right now. Jesus is coming back someday Two thousand years this world's been waiting He just told us to watch and pray We don't know the minute or the hour But the signs that the Bible speaks about I'll point to the day of his returning It's happening now We may be the rapture generation Rumors of war are in the air Nations rising against nation False messiahs are appearing everywhere The word being preached to all the nations This famine, flood, earthquake and drought The Jews have gone back to claim Jerusalem It's happening now Let the righteous rejoice At the sound of His voice Let the word be proclaimed Let the word be proclaimed Let the message be sent To believe and repent Cause He's coming again Let the righteous rejoice at the sound of his voice, let the word be proclaimed. Let the message be sent to believe and repent, cause it's coming again. The hands on the clock are moving faster. Humanity's sun is going down. Each passing day the time grows shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. 
Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, bits worth repeating. Who is protecting the sheep? Who is copying all of the terrible things that the sheep should be copying? Who is standing up against the lion, the bear, the wolf? Who is protecting them in times of drought? Who is dealing with all of the persecution that should be coming on the sheep? Who is standing in the way? The answer is the shepherd. But I think we should stop and think about real quick, like who is writing this psalm? A shepherd. A shepherd. Yeah, who would absolutely know that reality? In fact, we know that he knows. His biography says, when we read the book of Samuel, we can see David, he was this strong young man, and what strengthened him? The fact that he had to fight bears and lions to protect his sheep. He literally killed a bear and literally killed a lion. This was, back in the days, before firearm. Those creatures are both scary creatures <laughs> when you have a firearm. <laughs> yeah. I would not want to go up against either of them with a firearm. But back in the day when you had a sling... No, just no. This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. We're in the final leg of our Looking Up show for another Wednesday afternoon. Sharissa and Em, once again, it's been a jam-packed, action-packed. <laughs> uh, I love how you do that. Oh, it's like it's a horse huge, race. huge. <laughs> it's been huge, huge. It's been huge. Huge, 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 huge. And we've had some free offers. And we have. Claimed. We have. And um, it's not too late, folk. Not too late. <laughs> the Great Hope. Everyone needs this book. Everyone needs right. this book. The Great Hope, a condensed version of The Great Controversy. Here's the number, 0488817624. Text the code word RAPID because we are living in rapid times. Someone did say, Sharissa, more than a century ago, the final movements will be... Rapid ones. Famous author that we both... <laughs> actually, the author of this book, The That's Great right. Controversy. Yeah. Um, under inspiration, God told her to write down those words that the final movements will be rapid ones. That is why when we come to the show each and every Wednesday afternoon, we, we are like scratching our heads which items to share, which ones we don't have time to share. There is so much going on, and that's in fulfillment of those labor pains that Jesus spoke of in those words, that the final movements will be rapid ones. And I believe we have entered those final movements well and truly. Amen, amen. 
Well, uh, we've been heading, we've been looking at um, the abomination of desolation and its end time significance. And just to summarize, if I can, in mm. like two, two or three sentences, the end time, the final fulfillment of the abomination of desolation, which is the sign that Jesus gave to his people to be the sign for them to flee from the big cities, he says it will be the institution of National Sunday Law. We just dined, we just joined all those dots in the previous um, segment there, but basically the nation whose emblem is the eagle with a sunburst above its head, just like the standards of ancient mm-hmm. Rome when they came and planted around the city of Jerusalem, that same nation with that same emblem will impose the day of worship that it received, not from God, but from the papacy, and the papacy who received it from pagan Rome, and this decree will bear the great seal of the United States. Wow, that's a powerful summary, and that's probably uh, a fantastic way to springboard Charissa into into what is taking place right now. Next week, in next week's show, we're going to cover a whole heap more of what is trending in the prophetic world when it comes to the events that are taking place. There is so much going on. And this looking to come together, you know, I mean, that's what we have in Revelation 13 mm-hmm. and 14. We have the world coming together, you know, um, under, under, under one government, under, you know, under one faith, as in, you know, this, this Sunday movement is growing more and more and more. And it's interesting because, um, there's, there's, especially during COVID, um, there, there was so much talk of, wow, look how much cleaner our air is. You know, we've talked yeah. about that in the past. You know, we had lockdowns and industry shut down, cars were not moving, people were in their homes, and you know, the the air was cleaner, especially in some of the cities around the world where you know they they, they can barely see the sun. Mm-hmm. because of all the smog and the pollution they've got to deal with each and every day. And so, you know, the, the sky's cleared up. Um, and so people are like, well, maybe we need to slow down, you know, uh, the environment, our health and well-being. And it's not all about chasing dollars and cents. That's right. We live in one of the most stressed out societies that have ever existed because things happen so fast, you know. We have so many things that can attack us at once. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you know, you used to be able to just do your work and leave. Now you can leave, but your emails follow you. Yeah. And text <laughs> and messages. text and, messages and, and everything, your phone yeah. calls. So, yeah. Exactly. So it's interesting that, um, you know, what God put in place, the Sabbath, a day of rest, a day to reset, recharge, is now being adopted, the principles are being adopted when it comes to the first day of the week, Sunday. Mm. In fact, I've got this very interesting article here in front of me, um, and it's uh, the headline is, Need a Sunday Reset? <laughs> okay, we've heard about the Great Reset, the mm-hmm, World Economic mm-hmm. Forum. Need a Sunday Reset? Here's how to create a routine. And in this article, um, they go on and they talk about you know how to create a uh, a reset on Sunday. Um, They say you can use any day. Any day will work, but they're like Sunday is the best day because Monday is generally the beginning of the working week. You know, people go to work on Mm -hmm. Monday. Mm -hmm. So they're saying a Sunday reset is when you dedicate an entire day for self-care to prepare for the upcoming week. And it's um, interesting Interesting, uh, some of the things that they have put in place here, you know, where you begin by evaluating, Mm -hmm. you know, you evaluate how your past week 
has gone. Um, then you plan, you write down, you know, what you need to do um, on Sunday to prepare for the for the coming week. Um, you rest, mm-hmm. you know, you reset, and then you rest. You know, it says here, end the day with an activity that truly relaxes you before Monday rolls around. So have some rest. Wow. And so they're taking the principles from the Sabbath. Yep. And the Sabbath, the big difference here is in, in, in this Sunday reset, it's all about me and my family and so on. There's nothing here about, you know, worshipping the Creator. There's nothing here about giving giving Him honour and glory because without him we would not be here and the sabbath is a sign of god's creatorship it's a it's a memorial to creation as well as redemption Amen. um and so you don't have that here so it's interesting that that you have more and more of this coming through so um yeah you'll be hearing more and more of this especially especially in connection with the climate that's right, and, and some of our listeners might have been thinking until we started sharing, until you shared that article, well, you know, is it really possible that the abomination of desolation could look like a national Sunday law, you know, coming in the United States and then, you know, spreading around the world? Is that even possible? But then you hear articles like this and it's there's rumbling. <laughs> you can hear the rumbling, really, of this idea coming in. Um, here is an article that was published in January 11, 2022 mm-hmm. on on the week.com and the, the headline here, um, Joel Mathis is the writer. He says, Americans need a break. Maybe blue laws can help. Mm. And he highlights here in the article how until the last few decades, Sabbath laws, mm. also known as blue laws, and when he says Sabbath, he's talking about Sunday. He's talking about Sunday. Because uh, many mm. mistakenly believe that, but there's no Bible evidence. We're going to look at that next week. We're going to look at that next week. Yes. But also known as blue laws, effective shut down Sunday commerce in much of the country and basically the article goes on to suggest that maybe we should do that again because uh, you know we're stressed out mm. so the idea is there you know yeah it is it is and I'm um, just going back to the encyclical that Pope Francis uh, wrote back in um, 2015 mm-hmm. uh, Laudato Si you know on care for our common home which is seen as a, as a watershed um, document when it comes to the climate. And in there, you know, he, he speaks of he speaks of the importance of taking care of people and the planet. Yes. People and the planet. And he says that we need to set aside one day each week, you know, for the sake of the climate, the environment, the family, health, the economy, um, equality, spirituality, um, everything. And if I could just read uh, this is this is what he has to he, this is what he has to share. Let me let me look to find it here. Um, what he has to say on this, it's really really fascinating. I need to find mm-hmm. this. Here we mm-hmm. go. This is what he says. This is paragraph two thirty seven in his encyclical Laudato Si or on care for our common home. He says on Sunday our participation in the Eucharist or which is you know the Lord's Supper in in the Church of Rome has special importance. Sunday like the Jewish Sabbath is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God, mm. with ourselves, with others, and with the world. So this is all what God made the Sabbath for. Exactly. And so <laughs> the meaning of the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath that God gave, which is in Scripture, and this is the message that God gives us in Scripture, the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath, it's not a Jewish Sabbath, mm-hmm. as he points out. That's wrong because it was given to Adam and Eve at creation in Genesis chapter 2. You can read that. The Sabbath was a day, is a day, 
designed to heal our relationships with God, draw us closer to God, with ourselves, yes, to, to enable us to, to draw, you know, to, to discover God's plans and God's purposes for ourselves as we stop and rest, with others, family, friends, and others, community, and with the world, with nature. He goes on, <coughs> it's Sunday protects human action from becoming empty activism. It also prevents that unfettered greed and sense of isolation which makes us seek personal gain to the detriment of all else. The law of weekly rest forbade work on the seventh day. And then he goes on and he quotes from Exodus 23.12, so that your ox and your donkey may have rest and that the son of your maidservant and the stranger may be refreshed. And then he goes on, rest opens our eyes to the larger picture and gives us renewed sensitivity to the rights of others, which is what the Sabbath is all about also. And so the day of rest centered on the Eucharist, no, it's centered on creation, Mm -hmm. sheds its light on the whole week, true, it -hmm. sheds its life on the whole week and motivates us to greater concern for nature and the poor. Wow. So everything in connection with the Sabbath has been transferred to... To, to Sunday. And then he finishes off toward the end of his encyclical. He finishes off with these words. Check this out. This is amazing. He says, at the end, we will find ourselves face to face with the infinite beauty of God. And he quotes 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And then he goes on and says, and be able to read with admiration and happiness the mystery of the universe, which with us will share in unending plentitude. Even now, as we are journeying towards the Sabbath of eternity, the new Jerusalem towards our common home in heaven, Jesus says, I make all things new. Amen. So um, he's using scripture and we say amen. And we say amen to but, the scripture part. But yeah, but, but he's, he's saying that Sunday is that journey to the new Jerusalem, you know. You can see how this would be appealing to people who are not of faith as Mm. well. Like if they, um, you know, maybe they don't believe in a creator God or anything like that. But, hey, having a day off for the planet, that's very appealing. Absolutely. To anybody. Planet, family, rest. um, You know, the union movement is is really taking um, hold of, taking hold of this and saying that, you know, workers need rights. um, They need to rest. You know, they're not machines. uh, They're humans and you know, this is, you know, and, and, and the Pope, Pope Francis has been really at the forefront of encouraging unions to, to lobby, to lobby governments in particular and to lobby the employers of some of these large corporations to give their workers a day off each week. And you can't, you know, you, you can't do every day, mm-hmm. but Sunday is the day that's being proposed as the day. Amazing. So I can clearly see, and there's so much more, and we'll look at some more of this next week, Sharissa, but from whatever angle you look at it, when our world is is moving into more and more chaos and confusion, having a day set aside for the environment, to take care of the environment, for families, for, for health, um, for the economy, the economy mm-hmm. will be so much better off uh, just to reset um, spirituality, just to give people time to, you know, it's world be peace. Very appealing. A day each week for world peace. Imagine the world yeah. in chaos, you know, the world just falling apart and we all pause every day to pray to our various gods and do whatever we do. It matters not what you do, mm-hmm. but we all pause on that one day. And what's going to happen to those that choose not to pause on that one day but honour God on the seventh-day Sabbath? Well, they're going to really stick out like Mm -hmm, a sore thumb. mm -hmm. And it could be that they might 
be, be, be the ones that are blamed for the things that will continue to be taking place in the world. And I think that's kind of what Jesus was talking about too in just in the in Matthew verses 24. right yeah. before, you know, then you'll be delivered, you know, you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. How on earth does that happen unless the world blames you <laughs> Exactly. for what's happening? Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so there's a lot there. And, I mean, Pope Francis has been very busy. We've talked about this in the past where he's, he's pulled together world leaders, world political as well as world religious leaders on these common themes. Um, you know, so we've talked about this and we'll talk about this some more. But we can clearly see the pieces all coming together. You know, this, this, this one world government, this one world new order coming into play. Yeah, the Bible was not lying when Jesus said what he said. He's been telling us the truth mm. and his words are being fulfilled in our lifetime. It's amazing. It indeed is. Well, my folks, my dear friends, it's come time for us to almost sign off. We've got a song here by Carly Fletcher. We love to hear from her, Unfathomable. And then we'll come back with some closing thoughts and what's in store for next week. So don't go away. The author of life, condemned by his creation, they said he is deserving of death.
You enjoyed that beautiful song from Kali Fletcher. Doesn't she just have I a beautiful love her voice? voice? An angelic, beautiful voice. Yeah, that, that's what we need when we're talking about rest. <laughs> we need to rest while we're yeah. listening to music like that. Yes. Imagine on a Sabbath, listening to beautiful music like that. Morning, afternoon, Definitely. it is indeed. Sure is, so my friend. It's time to land again oh. so quickly. We've got to the airport, and um, yeah, it's time to land this plane for this week. Are there any final closing thoughts well, from you? We've been talking a lot about uh, big things, mm. big end time themes, you know, this abomination of desolation. But I would just remind our listeners that Jesus is the one who was speaking when mm. he told us about this in Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16 and onwards. And and his appeal to us is to understand these mm. things. And one of the things he says is, you know, um, basically he's encouraging us to study Bible prophecy, mm. to study the book of Daniel, because God doesn't give us prophecy to scare us, but to prepare us mm. so that we can have confidence in him when things are changing in the world around us. We know what God is up to and we know what is before us. Mm, fantastic. And you have a prayer request that, 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 that that's I come do. through as well. I do. This is from Sky. Sky's asked us if we could keep her in prayer. Um, she's just to summarize to pray for God's leading in her relationships. Mm, so we want to pray indeed. for her. Indeed. So when it comes time to pray, we will certainly do that. As far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, I just want to highlight a couple of verses. Um, we, we didn't look at these in our study, but they're from Matthew 24. Mm. In verse 25, Jesus says, See, I have told you beforehand a little on what you were saying. Yes. You know, God wants us to understand. Jesus wanted us to understand. You know, he shared this message, this sermon mm-hmm. um, on the signs of his coming and how to prepare, you know, those four parables right at the end of his life, just before his crucifixion. This is his final sermon. And so mm-hmm. he gave this sermon so that we can know ahead of time, so that we can not, not only be prepared, but we can also prepare others. Mm-hmm. And I also want to tap into the words of Jesus in verse 35 of Matthew 24, where he says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Amen. So once again, in line with what you've just said, we can put our faith and trust in the word of God. Mm-hmm. So what God's word says will come to pass. You know, as Daniel said in Daniel 2, you know, to King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the, the prophecy is true. You know, it, it's sure, it's certain. You know, it will happen and it did happen and it is happening right now. Amen. So, Sharissa, would you like to have a prayer for us, my friend, oh, as, we, as we look to close out? 
Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we're so thankful, Lord, for the freedom and the opportunity that we have had to study the Bible together. We pray that you will bless our listeners as they continue to dig into your word and to look for more and more truth so we can follow Jesus wherever he leads us. We pray you help us to be ready when he comes. And we pray this also. We pray a blessing for Sky. Mm, yes, May you Lord. lead her and guide her in her life, especially in her relationships. You know the desires of her heart as she puts you first. May you bless her, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Folk, it's been our privilege to be able to share this time with you this afternoon. We hope and pray that you've been blessed as we've been journeying together through Matthew 24 and the words of Jesus in connection with his soon return. And next week, folk, just a reminder, we're going to continue this journey. We're going to be taking a look at what the Bible has to say about God's holy day as well as the first day of the week. We're yeah, going to be tapping important. into what the Bible has to say about the first day of the week. So we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be taking a look at what's taking place right now, especially in the United States of America. Um, some of the things that are, are on the horizon, things that are being set up right now. So there's going to be a lot more in that space next week. So I hope and pray that you'll be able to join us and invite your friends along. Uh, get onto the app, download the app and, and listen to some of the previous um, presentations to catch up on that. So, folk, it's been a, a blessing to journey with you. I hope and pray that you've enjoyed it. So remember that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always keeps looking up. Keep looking up. Until next time, God bless. Up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me